Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. Sports Radio, 92.9 The Game. Back at a Chuck Free Show. Hanging out in the Kia Studios on this Wednesday evening with you. 404-726-0929. That is our Solomon Brothers Diamond Text Line to be a part of the show. Get to Falcons Flyover coming up here at the top of the hour. Let's head out to the waitfor.com hotline, Atlanta's Ford dealer. Let's talk to our friend of the show, Tori McElhaney. She covers the Atlanta Falcons for AtlantaFalcons.com. You can check her out on her personal Twitter page at Tori underscore McElhaney. Tori, always good to catch up with you. Thank you as always for a few minutes on the show tonight. Of course. Happy to be back on. And, you know, I, uh, I, I, was, I was talking about this yesterday. I did not get a chance to see the game live as it happened against the Commanders, but I did watch it on NFL Premium, watch the replay, because I took my daughter to the uh, Taylor Swift Eras Tour movie uh, on oh, Sunday afternoon. A good use of your time. Yes, I will absolutely. say that. Listen, I, I, I enjoyed the movie way more than the game, so, um, <laughs> so that was a whole lot better. You know, Tori, I know people don't want to hear this, especially fans don't want to hear this. But I thought Desmond Ritter played well, except for about four, maybe five plays. But I thought he looked efficient. He was accurate with the football. He was targeting multiple guys. But I know it's hard to get over the three interceptions and, you know, a couple of other plays. But I thought he played well, except for, and I know it's a big if, but, you know, the the, the mistakes that he made in the game right yeah and I think that's where I kind of fall too I mean this is a guy who and I've said this a couple of times if you were to cover up on the stat sheet the score and the turnovers margin you would think that the Falcons just ran away with this game against the commanders and it's and I say that because you look at even what Desmond Ritter did without those three interceptions you would be like oh like he had a great game or he had a really good game. He threw for over 300 yard passing yards. I mean, heck, he, it, it, it's all good stuff, but it's the mistakes that were made are just so glaring. They're so big. These turnovers and the fact that there was not one, but three and in these really, really critical moments in the second half, nonetheless, it's, it's those things that you just like, if, if those can be, remedied or rectified or whatever the word you want to use, then that could go a long way with, I think not only this fan base feeling like they can trust Desmond Ritter, but also just overall, as you look to the future of this 
franchise and what they continue to want to try to do at the quarterback position. Has there been one thing that you think has been a reason why the run game hasn't gotten on track or is it really a combination of several different things that are factoring into it? Personally, I just think if you look at any, I mean, really, let's look at the last three opponents. They have almost like like clockwork. For, it's like they're trying to get the Falcons to beat them through the air. They're like, we know this is a physical front. We know that they can run the ball. They did it all last year, even with loaded boxes. We are going to absolutely sell out to stop the run and force the Falcons to beat us through the air. Now, they were able to do that against the Texans but last week against the Commanders because there were some mistakes in the pass game with those three interceptions. It made it really, really hard to overcome, and, and they ultimately didn't. But it, it, I think that is kind of why you're seeing this sluggish start to what the run game hasn't been. And I think it's really interesting because I, I feel like we had this conversation last year where it's like, okay, the Falcons are running the ball, and this is the the one thing that this offense does really, really well, regardless of how many defenders are in the box. But at the exact same time, it's like that. I personally feel like that can only last so long. If you talk, if you listen to all of these defenders that are going against Atlanta, especially those in the last three or four weeks, they all say the same thing: like they have a dynamic run game, and we are trying to stop the run. Very rarely do they talk much about what the Falcons do in the pass game. So it, it is one of those things where it's like you are seeing defenders sell out to stop the run, and, and that's having a ripple effect. And, and you know, Tori, I mean, it, it's been problematic, especially on the early downs. And then even, you know, getting behind the chains, you know, one of the, one of the other things, and I, and I talked to Scott Bear about this, I think a couple of weeks ago, that the Falcons came into last week 28th in the NFL in starting field position. And, mm-hmm. you know, again, when you start to get behind the chains and you can't move the football and, and you're having to punt and three and out, like it affects so many different things. It's not just, you know, not being able to run the football, but you're asking your quarterback to go on 76-yard drives to be able to score touchdowns. I think there's just a real ripple effect of playing behind the chains for this particular offense. Yeah, no, I I definitely agree. And, you know, I know that they talked a lot in the lead up to this game against the commanders about like putting an emphasis on starting fast. This is not a team that has in their first drive had hardly any type of production at all. And I'm talking not just points or yards or anything. I'm talking just a first down in, in a lot of cases, but they go out in this first, you know, series that they had against the commanders and they put up seven and it was a really productive and a really good, opening drive for this team the best opening drive that they've had and if you go back and look at that drive it's because they're they're not having these negative plays on first and second down and you're not getting to a third and seven plus situation because that's you know an obvious passing down situation and so I I think that it it really is when you look at what this group needs to do offensively it's like keeping themselves in manageable situations is always going to be the best place for this offense to operate. I mean, it's the best place for any offense to operate, if I'm being honest. So if if you, and Tori McElhaney joining us here on the waitfor.com hotline, if you if you can't run the football for whatever reasons, again, I, I, think, I think part of the blame has been on the offensive line. I don't think they've been nearly as good 
run blocking and some of the numbers bear that out. But if you can't run the football early, again, I'm not asking to drop back 50 times or whatever like that, but do you not have to start getting a little bit more creative? I don't, and again, I don't have all the answers. That's what guys get paid millions of dollars for, but whether it's screen plays or whether it's, you know, I don't know, you know, just something different as far as play calling goes to try to at least stay ahead of some of the chains and put yourself into some manageable second and third downs. Yeah, and I, I do think in the last two weeks, you know, if you take away the interceptions, which I know, like, in the grand scheme of things, you can't take away those interceptions. But I, I do believe when Arthur Smith says, you know, this week that we have seen an evolution in the past game and what in the production that we have been able to have in the last two games, I, I do think that is obvious. You see Kyle Pitts getting involved more. You see Drake London going up for those 50-50 balls. I mean, that matters to what this offense wants to do and wants to be. And, and so you, I do think that you have seen this offense kind of take a step in the right direction when it comes to its evolution and, and when they do stack the box against them, like that they have been able to throw the ball downfield more in the last two weeks than in previous games. However, even in saying that, like you can't, again, it goes back to my main point. You can't take away the the turnovers. That matters. It doesn't matter if you march 75 yards down the field and then throw an interception in the end zone. All of that's been for naught. And, and that's why you saw such a lopsided stat sheet against the commanders. The Falcons were moving the ball. But then in the second half, you, you start turning the ball over, and it's like all of that movement, all of that progress, all all the good things that were happening in those drives, it, it goes out the window. At least it feels like it goes out the window because you're not putting points on the board. You're not even putting three on the board. Tori, let's uh, flip over to the defensive side of the football where things are much uh, rosier. Two of the things that have stood out to me, one is how good that they've been on third downs, and two is if you look year over year, Falcons gave up 4.4 yards per carry uh, in the running game. They're down to 3.7 yards per carry. So they've done a really good job of shutting down the run game up front. And, I mean, again, even without the lack of sacks, they've done a really good job of getting their defense off the field and getting it back into the hands of the offense. Yeah. I, I keep saying when, when it comes to this defense, when push comes to shove, they show up in the moments that really, really matter. I mean, you you, think, you even think back to this game on Sunday, and you know I know that they gave up that touchdown in to start the the second half, but after that, this Commanders offense could do very little, and, and I think that's a testament to how good this defense is, especially in the second half. They really come alive, I think, in the second half, and. Time and time again, they're giving this offense a chance to put points on the board. They're giving them good field position. They're going three, they're, or they're forcing three and outs. They're giving the ball back to their offense. In areas where they need to improve is obviously they need to do their part in winning the turnover battle as well. I believe Jesse Bates is the only Falcon defender right now who has any type of turnover to his name. That needs to change. But you did see, you know, we've, I was talking with Kelly Price on our show, and I, I made the comment, I was like, you know, they need to see improvement in, you know, turnovers, and then they need to actually, even though they're affecting the quarterback, like, it does feel nice to get to him every now and again. And they got to him five times on Sunday. And so 
seeing those things continue just only makes this defense even more I don't know scary because they've been pretty they've been pretty intense the last few weeks and you like seeing how they're playing if they can get the turnover numbers up and the sack numbers up then yeah the, the whole league I think will take notice you know this is not a um uh a, a very kind of sexy kind of topic to talk about but you know, I, I really look at some of their special teams, and while they've done some good things, I mean, Koo has been pretty good. I mean, he had the early misses, but, okay, he's been good. Bradley Pinion's been outstanding. I, I think he's been one of the, the better additions that has, has happened on this roster over the last couple few years. But you look at the fact that their field position is bad. Uh, I think they have the second lowest um, return yards per punt return they just don't get a lot going in their special teams game. And, and again, not even so much kick returns and different things like that, but, but field position I think has been a problem all season. They don't get much out of their return game in the punt game. Again, I know it's kind of a mixed bag, but I definitely think that that's been – and look, that play against Washington, um, that was a huge play. Like that was a, that was a game-changing play that kind of flipped the score back around in favor – of the commanders on that touchdown that was set up by the big punt return. Yeah, no, that like momentum shifted and it was like almost like the Falcons could, could hardly ever get that momentum back, especially offensively. And yeah, I mean, it goes to, to what everybody says from, you know, the beginning of this game to the end of it, it's complimentary football. It's all three phases of the game and special teams is a part of that. And, and I do think that you, you know, the, no. So far, I don't think anyone's let Cordero Patterson return a kick right. <laughs> since he's been right. back. But I do think in the punt, in punt return specifically, you miss a guy like Avery Williams. I think when he got hurt and um, in the off season, you kind of wonder like, okay, who's going to step up and everything. But you get now we're six games into this thing, and you miss what he was able to do. He was one of the most overlooked and dynamic punt returners I think in the game I mean it's the stats back that up from last year so you miss somebody like that and I do think that you know over the course of training camp someone you saw get a lot of those punt return reps was D. Alford well I think D. Alford's role as a defender has increased to a, a level that I think maybe perhaps the 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 coaches didn't even necessarily plan for he's playing really good defensively right now and he's playing a lot of reps so you don't want to put him out there for punt return if you don't have to so now Mike Hughes is taking those reps well he was hurt in training camp so I think it's kind of just like one of those perfect storm situations where you're still trying to figure out what what the best course of action there is but you're but you are right I mean I do think in in both regards you need a little bit more production from especially in punt return last question for you Tori um you know I I think Sunday becomes a really important game I mean you haven't won yeah. since a calendar year uh you know the second game of the year over a calendar year since you've won on the road it's been eight straight road losses this is a divisional game so if we're going to start talking about winning divisions and stuff like that you've got to be good in your division you have to pick up a couple of road wins as well and, again, you don't want to kind of start getting into a rut of, you know, starting to accumulate losses. I just think Sunday, I mean, I, I said this about the beginning of the year, I don't care if they win 4-1. to one. I, you, you have to find a way to just win that football game. 
Yeah, this is starting to feel – I mean, the closer and closer we get to this game, the more and more it feels like it's a gotta-have-it type of yeah. game for this team. And and I, I'm sure that Tampa Bay feels the exact same way. It's like this, this is a, a Falcons team that they really want to beat. But from the Falcons' perspective, it's like you make such a good point about the Falcons on the road. In order to kind of get over this, like – weird hump or the glass ceiling or whatever this like proverbial I don't even know it it's it's a problem the Falcons need to be better on the road they're really they've really struggled now for a year and a half to do that or a season and a half I should say that they need to kind of have a breakthrough moment and you would if you get a breakthrough moment in Tampa that means even more than what it would mean against you know Nashville in two weeks this is a big-time game, a big divisional opponent, and this can matter. We've seen how things matter in this division. In the NFC South, one game changes things. So the more you can accumulate in terms of wins against NFC South opponents, the better it's going to be and the easier your <laughs> the rest of your season is going to be too. So for, for me, it's, it's, it's almost a got-to-have-it game. Tori McElhaney covers all things Atlanta Falcons for AtlantaFalcons.com. You can check her out on our personal Twitter page, at Tori underscore McElhaney. She joined me here on the WadeFord.com hotline. Tori, as always, appreciate uh, a few minutes on the show. And if you haven't seen the movie yet, I encourage you to see it because it is a real spectacle. It is a visual spectacle to watch that movie. Oh, yeah, I have already seen it, and I can 100% agree. I sang and danced my way all through that theater. <laughs> Perfect, Tori. Thank you so much for, for joining the show, and uh, we'll chat again here soon. Awesome. Sounds good. Have a good one. All right, when we get back for the top of the hour, will be time for the Falcons' flyover. We'll hear from the head coach, Arthur Smith, as he talked with Dukes and Bell today. Also, some clips from Richie Grant. And Baldy says that the Falcons could be in the Super Bowl if they add – one piece to all this. The great Jane Child as we head to break. Sports Radio, not to the game. Odyssey.com app. We really need new phones. T Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. Protect your vehicle's engine with a full synthetic oil change and save with Mobile One at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Purchase five quarts of Mobile One full synthetic motor oil and receive a $10 O'Reilly gift card after rebate. See store for details. With your Mobile One purchase, you'll also receive two times points during Old Rewards Bonus Points Month at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.